Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, I feel like I've run a marathon. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. And I'm exhausted. (sighs) Then again, the whole day shouldn't be all about me. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. You know, don't I have an interesting way of starting a radio program? As I've always said, I try to treat this just like brushing my teeth. Literally, I'm that relaxed doing this show. Well, on our program today, we are going to have a good time. We've got some very good guests who are joining us. Uh, This is World Pride Day, and we will be exploring that topic in the second hour of our program with an excellent guest who is joining us In hour one, I'm very pleased to say that we have somebody who we've spoken with before in talks about an organization that many people have heard of. Some people are familiar with the work of the Fresh Air Fund. The executive director of the Fresh Air Fund, Fatima Shama, is joining us on our program again because we're at that time of the year and there's so much information to share. First of all, it's nice to have you join us again on our program. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Delighted to be back. I say the Fresh Air Fund in 2019. Here we are. We're on the cusp of July. You know, it's the weather has gotten warmer, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> more humid. Um, this is the time of the year when many people may think of Fresh Air Fund and think of, you know, what you can do for kids from the city. Mm-hmm. But the organization works year-round. A little bit of background, if you would, first of all, on what it is the Fresh Air Fund does, how long you've been doing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Bob, you're right, right? The warmer weather comes, and we all start remembering a lot of things, including our own um, connection to summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Fresh Air Fund uh has been around for, this is our 143rd summer of serving children from New York City. Um, It started in 1877 um, with a commitment to giving kids uh, from New York City who were living at that time in 1877 uh, in the tenement communities uh, on the Lower East Side who were catching tuberculosis from being in such close proximity to one another 
giving them a chance to cleanse their lungs, literally, breathe fresh air so that perhaps they could be healthier. Um, and so I think of, I, I basically say the Fresh Air Fund was a public health solution to what was a tuberculosis crisis um, in the late 1800s. And today, in 2019, um, we continue to serve children from New York City, um, not just from the Lower East Side, um, but in fact all across New York City, children living in low-income communities where perhaps violence, gun violence dominates the streets or unfortunately too many, too many of our kids have asthma or are living in circumstances where their parents can't pay for any opportunities. So um, oftentimes kids stay indoors um, for the summer and don't have options to um, play outside, breathe fresh, clean air, um, get to know new people, see new things. And so the Fresh Air Fund, since 1877, has been giving summer to children at no cost, um, thanks to amazingly generous people. And as you just said, we start our relationships with kids in the summer, so that, that starts. Um, and uh, we've just started. Our, our program's just kicked off on Thursday. And so at, at this moment in time, we have over a 1,000 children out already experiencing summer um, from New York City, and whether it's at our camps and our other programs, which I know we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but once, that's, that once the summer ends, we turn back to our families and our children, and we try to reconnect with them. Sometimes as the middle school students, we support them with tutoring and academic support and connect them to mentors. And then um, with our kids who visit host families, their host families may stay in touch. Um, or we try to reconnect with them by inviting them to join us maybe for a baseball game or go to a basketball game or go to an art show or to a movie um, or come to the office for a drop-in night because um, we're trying to create a community where kids know they have a sense of belonging. And we can talk more about why, because um, I, know, I know you're going to be curious to hear some of the new stuff we're doing. I am, definitely. And, you know, just to follow up on this idea of the kind of um, impact this has on young people's lives who you're privileged to be able to work with. I mean, you know, you think of kids who are growing up in as you alluded to before, some of the toughest situations that one could imagine for a child. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's exposure to gun violence or just this daily effort to survive in a world that, as a key element, is determined by poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, what do Fresh Air Fund kids say about what this experience means for them. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I um I have I have such pleasure in being able to connect with both the parents who sign their children up um and their children um who go currently and who are alumni, young people who've graduated out of our programs, some of whom right now are adults who come back and 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 are are, you know, give back in some way or are reconnecting with us, which is a big priority for us at this time is to reconnect with alumni. Um, I'm going to start with parents because I do want to say I think there's something really powerful about um, the, the power of hope, which I think is what parents look for. Like when a parent, and last year we had over 10,500 parents 
or guardians sign their children up for the Fresh Air Fund. And to me, that means that there's a parent who wants something different for their child, who wants their child to experience something different than what is normal in their everyday lives in New York City. And they, and they trust us, the Fresh Air Fund, to be able to be that partner and giving them an opportunity in the summer to see something new. And every time I meet parents, it's something very powerful to hear. When we meet kids, the kids in particular who come to us summer after summer, undoubtedly there's a discussion about confidence and about meeting new people and seeing new things, knowing that they're not limited to their own communities, knowing that there is a community beyond the five blocks they might know so well, um, learning how to swim, right? I didn't learn how to swim until I was probably in my double digits. Um, and, but swimming is a life skill, right? So when you give a chance for a child to learn some of these critical things, not only are you making sure they're going to be safe in water whenever they are, but it's a sense of confidence. It's skill building. When you move a child um, or put a child in a new circumstance where they're meeting new people, where they have to introduce themselves and they start eating together and seeing new things, right? The perspectives are so vast. Um, and so we hear from our young people time and again, who are now grown-ups, who say, being a part of the Fresh Air Fund helped change my life because I got to see that there was something more, that there was something different, that I mattered, that I could have fun, that I had a new sense of a, a community. I had role models, right? When young people get to go to camp and see counselors and meet counselors, whether they're counselors perhaps who look more like them or who come from their communities or who are internationals who come work um, at our camps um, or who live in a different part of the country, this sense of dialogue and, and exposure um, is so powerful. There's so much data that talks about the power of a caring adult in a young person's life. Fresh Air Fund is focused on that. Everything we do, we thankfully do it in partnership with caring adults, whether it's at our camps or with our host family program. And so the impact on our young people is tremendous. And we can even go through some examples, which um, right now I would say at camp we have um, a third, a, probably a quarter of our counselor staff are former Fresh Air Fund um, alumni young people who've gone through our programs, graduated through our programs, and now come back to work for us. There's people on our nursing staff who are former Fresh Air children, people on our um, leadership team. Three of our directors at our camps this summer are former Fresh Air participants. One of them, I'm going to tell you a story, um, she is um, an educator, has her doctorate in education, um, works with children from the Bronx who are um, special needs, she came to the Fresh Air Fund. She's from the Bronx herself. Um, she and her siblings lost their father to murder when she was eight years old. And um, this was in the 80s. And her, the, the social worker working with her family recommended that the mother enroll her kids in the Fresh Air Fund. She and her siblings came to the Fresh Air Fund for three years as a when she was a child, so from 8 to 11, turning 12. She can till today, she's a grown woman, she's children, she can tell you the experiences, what it meant for her to come, to be in this place where she finally could let her brain rest, where she can reconcile with the loss of her father, where she had these caring adults who gave her a sense of perspective. She fundamentally says that her experience in the Fresh Air Fund for those three years that she so looked forward to and reflects on still today helped her understand the path that she could live. 
She's an educator today. She's paying it forward, and now she's on our senior. She's on our team as a director of one of our camps this summer. It's very powerful how how this can work, how it can work, how a sense of belonging and a sense of space and allowing children to be children away from all of the stresses really can help with childhood development. You know, you get the the child out of East New York, East Harlem, East Tremont. Yeah. Um, they get to see a completely different world. I mean, there's so many different areas where we can go in our discussion. We're going to take a pause in just a moment. I just want to mention the fact that um, for folks who are listening to our discussion today, who may want to find out more about the work of the Fresh Air Fund, you can go to the website. It's freshair.org. We're going to be talking this hour of our program with the executive director of the Fresh Air Fund. She's with us for the entire hour. You want to join us in discussion, you can. 877-337-6666 is our number here at The Fan. We are in a discussion about the work of the Fresh Air Fund, and appropriately enough with the Executive Director of the Fresh Air Fund, Fatima Shama, is uh, talking with us this hour of our program on uh, the fan, and uh, so many areas to go in this discussion. You know, you've mentioned a couple of different times in Mm -hmm. the first part of our chat this term, host families. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what host families do? Sure. It's actually the um, the legacy program of the Fresh Air Fund. It's what started um, in 1877. So this very brilliant idea that I think is um, inherently sort of American, which is um, we have thousands of families um, in and up and down the East Coast who volunteer to host a child from New York City. And so they are simply... Um, welcoming uh, a new friend into their home and, um, and hosting a child, uh, allowing them to be part of their summer experience um, for a week, uh, 10 days. Sometimes it's longer depending on the relationship and the returning um, reality. Uh, but a volunteer, it's, a, it's a family who volunteers to host and welcome a child, and it's through um, our Friendly Towns program. And, um, and that started 143 years ago. So what does it take for, you know, a f- somebody who's interested? So um, I would say the first thing it takes is um, uh, your curiosity in understanding a bit more. Um, we, we go through a pretty rigorous, we, the Fresh Air Fund, go through a pretty rigorous um, application and review process, um, as we should and need to. Um, and so it starts with a telephone conversation, talking through the program, explaining it. Um, we then come to your home, um, interview, meet you, meet every member of the family, uh, do a home inspection. Everyone 18 and older goes through a background check um, that we, the Fresh Air Fund, um, pays for. And then uh, we do reference checks. We do three reference checks. Um, including someone who knows the family, either a pediatrician or a clergyman or a teacher who knows the family in a unique sense of how they work with children. Um, and 
they, this family then is part of our network. We have an amazing community of volunteers that help us do this work and that are in some ways our um, eyes and ears on the ground um, and our ambassadors on the ground who are working with and supporting host families. We then match um, our children who are applying in New York City to um, a host family. We try to find that perfect match. Um, and then during the summer, um, a child is hosted. A New York City child is hosted. And we have over 300 buses that travel up and down the East Coast um, to visit host families and, and to you know, be welcomed into friendly towns. Um, and, and we run a, a 24 seven um, support services line for our New York City families, but really our host families as well, who have questions or who've come upon something that they want to share with us and help us work through them. And so no one's left alone. Um, everyone's supported through this process, but we take it really seriously. Uh, and it, it is an extraordinary program, which I will share, I think I've shared with you before, Bob, that my family and I signed up to do. This is our third year where we will be hosting a young person from the Bronx. Um, so I have friends who've now signed up to do this, and I have met in my first year. I traveled to um, 14, our 14 states and met hundreds of host families and our volunteers who are on the ground doing this work. Uh, and I will say it is an extraordinary program, and the people who are a part of this are incredible, and the experiences that our New York City children have um, is one thing, but our families, our host families, really... Um, talk through and talk about the power and influence and impact it has on their own families. Mm. And when you talk about that impact, I mean, does it, this may seem like a silly question, but I'm going to ask it nonetheless. Does it change people? Sure. I mean, I think the most powerful part of this is um, humanity, right? I mean, it's the human experience. When, when, when we are all encouraged to get to know a person, someone we may not meet in our daily lives, someone, um, and you know, the power of children are that kids in particular, when, 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 when young people meet each other, they don't have all the sort of preconceived notions of one another. They're kids. They love Pokemon. They love swimming. They love bike riding, right? The innocence of children is the power of connection. And as a parent, to watch that, um, it probably... I would say has been, but I think for, as I've heard from other host families, has been so powerful. And so the changes that I've heard people talk about or the, the effects and the impacts that I've heard families talk about are, you know, there's a woman in New Hampshire who I um, met who is a school guidance counselor in her community in New Hampshire. And she signed up for the Fresh Air Fund when her children were young because she wanted her kids to know they were part of a larger world. And she said, you know, our community, you know, we do a lot of volunteering, but, you know, I wanted us to do it all together. And so we signed up for the Fresh Air Fund. And so they welcomed in um, a young person, a young boy, and the boy kept coming year after year after year. And she said, it made my, young, my children so much more aware of circumstances, of their own comforts and privilege, the fact that they wake up every day and they don't worry about how they're going to get to school or the safety that they live in or the food or their housing or court. Um, so my, my kids had no idea what going to court was um, or, or even um, a parent working two jobs. She said, you know, 
these were conversations that she said, I, I didn't instigate them. They were conversations they were having. And it made them so much more aware, not just of our family, but of our, of our commitment to being part of something bigger. And she said, my kids have become worldly and knowledgeable and loving of, of their neighbors, whoever they are. And I think there's something really powerful about that, in particular when we're talking about kids. Once again, I love seeing when kids meet for the first time in this program. You know, kids from New York City, ethnically, racially, look different than some of the communities they're going into. But when they arrive, this welcoming, this absolute adoration of come into our community, we're so happy you're here, this demonstration of love, it is truly, um, I think, what is, you know, my parents were immigrants to this country and they talk so much about how they were welcomed. And I just think time and again, this program has been the greatest demonstration of what my parents talk about as being so inherently American. They, wherever you are, wherever you're from, wherever you are today, this idea of your neighbor welcoming you is one of the most powerful experiences. And when it happens to a child, and it happens over and over again, and you know you can be part of a community, and you know you can be part of a family that may look different than you, and where that kindness and generosity is so special... That's life-changing, period, right? That's life-changing. Exactly. On both sides. You know, as you're talking to him, thinking about, and this is a natural tie-in to what you just said, New York City's um, population slash demographics have changed so drastically over the years. And this is something that is still in the process of change. Does that create um, challenges for the Fresh Air Fund as you adapt and move forward? Um, Or are they opportunities? Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it, yeah. I um, I think our historical presence has actually been, has been this, this organization has been at the forefront of serving young people and serving children and families through those demographic shifts. So when we started just knowing the landscape of New York in 1877 on the Lower East Side, where you and I both know, that's where the newest New Yorkers were arriving and living, right, in the tenement communities. And so they were, they were Germans and they were Italians and they were Irish and they were Hungarian and they were, you know, they were, they were immigrants from Europe who were being settled into the Lower East Side. And those were the kids the Fresh Air Fund was serving when they were arriving. And as I look at our historical materials, I can see that evolution. It's so fascinating, right? It's literally the evolution of New York. So then we, you know, go from Hungarian and Germans to serving Italians and Irishmen, women and men, and then we start to see the impact of the Great Migration. We start seeing African-American families in our photos and in our history. And then you see the sort of influence of the 70s where it's a, a greater number of Puerto Rican kids who the Fresh Air Fund was serving. So today, we see a lot of families from um, the Dominican Republic or families who are whose um, origins are from Mexico or China. We have a great population of um, Chinese families that are applying to the Fresh Air Fund, we can absolutely map in the families that we're serving the sort of trajectory of immigration that New York has, ex- has seen, including um, the sort of uh, realities of, um, 
of um, you know still serving African American families. You know our our population that the Fresh Air Fund serves is almost parallel to the New York City school system. So a third of our families that we're serving um, are Black or African American. A third are Latino, and um, we're seeing this lar- growing population of Asian families, and then we have a mixture of many others. So, so you know, whether it's um, Caribbean, the Caribbean Haitian um, might fall into um, our black, but we're really seeing that parallel. And I would say it's really opportunity for us. Um, you know, it might mean that we're sharpening up our um, our language skills, that we're using interpreters, um, that we're translating our materials into uh, into languages that our families are speaking, that we hire staff that reflect that diversity so that we can appropriately serve our families, which I feel really strongly about. Um, but on the opportunity side, again, whether it's in our camping programs or in our visiting host family programs, this is a story of, of um, America, and it's the story of hope, and I think it's a story of how um, I love seeing some of our new immigrant families in particular, sign up for our Friendly Towns program. And I say, why did you pick this program? And um, a mom says to me, you know, I came from China, and I live in Chinatown, and my child is only seeing Chinatown. And I came to America for America. Friendly Towns lets my child see America, lets my child see what I want in America, you know, America. And, and you know, and so when you think about someone's hope for their own child or for themselves, they really are thinking of, the many things many people have come in search of before, which is hopes and dreams and opportunity. And so I think that folks may not think of the Fresh Air Fund that way, but in some way, we're really a part of that pipeline of opportunity. Earlier in this discussion, you said that one of the big initiatives is to reconnect with alumni. Mm -hmm. How's that going? Well, um, we are um, launching and inviting, in fact, more than anything, we're launching an alumni initiative. Since our inception, we've served nearly 2 million children. And so we know that we have thousands and thousands of alumni out there who've been part of the Fresh Air Fund in some way, shape, or form. They may have gone to camp. They may have gone to a host family. They may have been a counselor. They may have been a family who hosted. We know that there are tentacles all over the place, and we want them to come back because the power of this work is actually that connection. I actually, we would love to hear those stories, similar to what you asked earlier. We'd love to know those stories. We'd love to know the impact, um, small, medium, and large, you know, however it happened, however it was. Um, so we have launched a social media campaign. We've started to reconnect with a lot of alumni trying to capture those stories. And we now have on our website, um, freshair.org, we have an area where um, we're inviting alumni to sign in and to reconnect with us so that we can um, reconnect, try to talk to them, see how we can learn about the impacts of the program, learn and be smarter about what we do, but really create as we turn to our soon, um, we imagine turning 150 or 145 before we get there, I'd love to know how has this organization truly impacted the New York City community and beyond. And so we're really eager to try to figure that out. We know alumni are the ones who can help us. Because mm. they've got so many interesting stories to share and so many interesting abilities. That- mm-hmm can become part of the Fresh Air Fund story, too. 
when you think about it. One yeah. of the things that I want to touch upon as well in um, the next segment of our discussion is to talk, talk about something, in, again, you alluded to this, I believe, very early on in our discussion, that um, what sometimes educators refer to as a, a summer learning gap mm. that uh, affects children and what the Fresh Air Fund does and even can do about that. I want to also touch upon um, volunteer opportunities because there are people who are listening to this discussion today who, you know, this may strike a chord with them. Um, they may have some time, they may have some abilities that could be helpful uh, to the work of the Fresh Air Fund. I want to talk about what sort of things there are that they could do, what sort of skills, talents you look for, and what the process is like, too. Let me just mention for the purpose of the folks who are listening to our discussion today, we are in a chat with the Executive Director of the Fresh Air Fund this hour of our program, uh, Fatima Shama has joined us, and she's talking with us on this part of our program on the fan and sharing the work of the Fresh Air Fund. Freshair.org is the website for the organization. This is Bob Solter. We're in discussion with Fatima Shama on our program. She's executive director of the Fresh Air Fund, freshair.org, the website. And I raised a couple of uh, questions or issues that I wanted to address with you before we uh, pause for uh, Pete's update and a few messages there. One of them is the idea of um, for people who are interested, maybe have some abilities, that they think they might be able to share with you in the way of volunteering. What kind of opportunities are there? Um, thank you. So we, I, I, I talk about our uh, volunteering in three ways, and I uh, think of it as time, I think of it as talent, and I think of it as treasure. And so we offer um, opportunities for folks who, in, as individuals, might be interested in tutoring or mentoring in our programs during the academic school year, starting in September. And so one can, if they're locally based, um, come on, go online to freshair.org, as you've just mentioned, and um, tell us that they're interested in volunteering. Um, and so in our offices in New York City and Midtown, um, every night of the week we have um, adults come in and work with our students, our middle school and high school students, helping them you know, go through you know, supporting their math skills or reading skills or writing skills or, you know, uh, on a variety of levels. And then because we help support our young people um, in the college connecting process, we actually do a mentoring program on Wednesday nights. And it is a really powerful model where um, three to four volunteers are in a room with several students. And you sort of create this sort of mini um, community, a sort of clubhouse feeling where the mentors are helping our young people think about college, think about life, think about um, how does one write an essay, what do you look for, what are your 
personal skills. Do you want to stay home? Do you want to go away? And so there's lots of ways. Um, if you've got time to volunteer, um, we'd love to have you. If you're part of a corporate um, entity and you want to get your corporate team involved, our organization has a couple of staff members who are focused on that corporate social engagement work. Um, and again, it's everything from being camp counselor for a day and coming up to our camps or helping at our departures. We have amazing support from many corporate entities. Um, and so those are ways to get involved and to volunteer. We have a junior council, so it's young people who'd like to help us raise money. Um, or, of course, you know, serving as a board member of the Fresh Air Fund. It's a governing body of the organization. And so those are ways to help with us, help us with your time. I would also say if you're a family and you're curious about hosting, um, please inquire uh, because that's one really powerful way for a family to be involved in a volunteer experience and to share something so, um, so, so natural like your home, welcoming someone into your home um, and sharing what you have in your home um, just you know, for as, as little as a week, seven to ten days. Um, and so then there's, of course, talent. There are a number of people who have extraordinary talents, whether it's, you know, someone who's an author, who's written a book, who would love to come and share how they've done that, whether it's a musician or someone who has a skill and could do a performance for our children, someone who, you know, owns a bowling alley and um, they'd love to give us a free night so our kids can go bowling when we're back in New York City, um, or, you know, is you know, someone who does marketing or social media and they'd like to help us, we love help. We love that help because it's the only way we can get better and thrive. And then, of course, treasure. Treasure is someone's resources. Um, This organization has existed in being able to provide all of what we do to our New York City family and children for free at no cost to our families. Our board has committed that they would love to make sure that we can continue to do this at no cost to our families, and we honestly can do it because of amazingly generous people who are your listeners, who who contribute, you know, whether it's $5 a month or $10 a month or once gives us a $25 gift or larger. Um, but it's this extraordinary generosity that we get year after year from amazing people across this country who truly allow us and, and um, help us do this work. And I can't say thank you enough to everyone. All right, let's talk about this idea of fundra- fundraising in 2019. Mm-hmm. What's that like? Well, um, we pay for an extraordinary number of people who work for us in the summertime. We pay for all of the background checks. We pay for all of the buses, all of the insurance. Um, so it's an expensive reality. And we're raising um, about $17 million a year to do it. Um, and so it's everything from asking individuals to help support us to asking foundations and corporate partners. Um, I will tell you, it's truly the amazing generosity of individuals uh, across this country. We have had people who've been you know, supporters of the Fresh Air Fund and, and their estates have left um, you know, a portion of their estate to the Fresh Air Fund. And that really is what helps build our budget, helps us every year. Um, You know, the Fresh Air Fund doesn't benefit. We're a not-for-profit. So everything and every dollar that's donated to us goes right into our mission um, and helps support the work that we're doing for serving children. And so everyone's dollar directly goes into serving New York City's children. And so many of my colleagues and I... um, have to do a lot to raise that money, but I will honestly say 
um, both as a principal fundraiser for this organization uh, and as a person who gets to see how that money gets used and the impact it has. This is such an extraordinary organization that is really a beneficiary of so much generosity. And, um, and I can tell you, uh, you can see the differences. You can see the impact. It's amazing. Now, do you do specific events during the year as we part do. of fundraising? Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, so twice a year we host um, um, big events, and in the fall it's our young um, our young supporters who are really in charge of that event, and in the spring we host an event that's really more mission-focused. Um, and this past spring, our um, spring event focused on 20 years of Camp Tommy, which is our teen boys' camp, ages 12 to 15. And um, 20 years ago, Tommy Hilfiger who was introduced to the Fresh Air Fund, um, made a contribution, a pretty sizable contribution uh, to the Fresh Air Fund to rehabilitate our um, teen boys camp. Um, And it was then called Camp Pioneer, and his gift, which was um, sizable, um, invited the name, uh, the camp to be renamed Camp Tommy. This gift um, and his subsequent years of giving and and support of the Fresh Air Fund over the last 20 years has touched and served over 10,000 young men from New York City. And so this past spring, we had the pleasure of honoring that 20-year commitment. And we had young people, talk about alumni, we invited young people who had gone to Camp Tommy to come back and to be part of that storytelling and the empower of those stories and the power of the impact is so extraordinary that I think even for Tommy Hilfiger and his family, he was so moved to know that he has been a part of changing and creating a space of brotherhood and a space of hope and belonging for young men from New York City over the last 20 years. Um, and so that happened in the spring. And so every spring we do um, a focus. And, and the year before was celebrating the New York Times and the fact that the Fresh Air Fund has had a connection to the New York Times um, for over 50 years uh, because, of, um, because of our roots in New York City um, and historical roots like the New York Times and the Herald Tribune, which uh, have been supporters of the Fresh Air Fund. So our spring event, and these events raise, you know, a good amount of money that helps support us. But really it's about re-lifting the, the mission of the work and, um, and reconnecting to old friends and making new ones. Earlier I alluded to this idea of a summer learning gap that sometimes educators will point to. Mm-hmm. How do you address that, or can you help to address it, I guess? Yeah. So summer is one of those critically important times that sometimes um, we all know, but we don't necessarily know how and why. So during the academic year, for many kids, the structure of the school day, the power of, again, that caring adult, that educator, that teacher, that school aide um, in the school community, um, kids are, when, when, when young people are living in circumstances that perhaps their parents are justice involved or engaged in the justice system in some way, or perhaps, you know, living in transitional housing or a young person is living in foster care or none of the above, but a parent is hustling to try to make it work, right? They're working a job. They leave the house in the morning at six to get to work. And so the young person's in charge of themselves to get dressed, to get to school on time, to get to school, you know, with food. That structure is amazing, right? September to June. But in the summer, that structure doesn't exist. 
unless you facilitate it, unless you create it. So what happens? So kids may not be eating breakfast, may not have access to that. They may not have access to the books, the conversations, the enrichment that happens in the school day. And so when you don't have that for 8 to 10 to 12 weeks, when you return in school in September, your teacher has to actually spend the first two months reteaching. Whereas in some communities where we're making investments in our kids, our kids are at camp, we're paying for them to be part of enrichment summer programs, they're going to museums, they're spending time with family, they're playing, they're refreshed, they're ready to go. And so we start to see this real gap that happens in children's learning. And so there's a lot of work that has been done to look at what happens when kids aren't exposed, aren't engaged, don't have access to books, um, don't meet new people. A gap, a cumulative gap happens around reading, around experience, and around exposure, and fundamentally can lead to opportunity. And so for us at the Fresh Air Fund, we see that and we know that, and the communities that we're working with tend to be plagued by that already. And so just being a part of the Fresh Air Fund we think, has a lot to do with a child's ability to, A, be refreshed. I, I really want to say the power of a child being a part of the Fresh Air Fund has a lot to do with their own child development. When a kid can be a kid and just enjoy the joys of summer, right? whether it's playing, swimming, meeting new people, that in its own right is aligned to healthy childhood development. But when you add to that reading a book, having a conversation about um, seeing new things, hearing new sounds, right? When you're out in the woods or outside of New York City where the honking and the intensity of noise converts into being birds chirping or the sound of water, all of those things are so healthy. And it actually builds on a child's ability to be refreshed and ready to go back to school. But it also allows a child to have context. So that we're re when they're reading a passage in school and they hear the ripple of water, they now actually know what that means, the ripple of water, right? Or the morning dew. Well, if you've never been exposed to morning dew and you're reading that in a passage, you actually don't know what that means, <laughs> but now you do. <laughs> so, so there are real connections in why summer matters. And for the Fresh Air Fund, summer matters, right? We've owned summer for 140 plus years. And so for me, and you know this, I'm a former ed policy person, I like seeing how we can connect the dots because summer matters and making sure that we make summer available to kids in a more purposeful way um, can truly help them in a lot of ways. And this idea of getting kids outdoors is yeah. huge. Huge. We know it as grown-ups, right? When we want a break as grown-ups, we take a break. We go on a vacation. We go hiking. We love to get, get out and sort of let our minds rest. I was reading something recently about how being close to water calms you is really important. You know, just that space to just let your shoulders relax. Well, that's super important for kids. When do they get that chance to be in a safe place and to just be outdoors? I mean, the power of our nature and the power of our environment is so, um, is so healthy. And so we're, we're committed to making those connections. Mm. All right. I'll, I'd be remiss if I did not ask you about something that is literally just opened up this month of mm -hmm. June. And that is Camp Junior because this is, um, is a very 
touching move, and this is at Harriman State Park. Would you share it with our listeners? Yeah. So I'm sure, Bob, um, you remember this, unfortunately. Yes. We all re- remember a year ago, there was a young man in the Bronx, in the Belmont neighborhood of the Bronx, not far from East Tremont, which you mentioned a little earlier, mm-hmm. um, who was murdered, bu- brutally murdered at the hands of gang violence. You know, he ran into a bodega, um, you know, wrongful, wrongful, wrong identity, mistaken identity. Um, this young man, innocent young boy, um, was dragged out of this grocery store and murdered out in the street. Um, and the community's response to that the, the, was so, um, and his parents' response was, this is not normal. Kids in the Bronx need to know this isn't normal. So Governor Cuomo, Bronx Borough President Ruben Diaz, Speaker Carl Hasty, with the support of Junior's mother, came forward and said, we need to do something that is different for kids from the Bronx. And Junior's mother if, and the community said, kids need to get out of the Bronx. They need to see something else, in particular in the summer, where kids don't have anywhere to go. And so they asked us if we would create Camp Junior and, and, and lead it, the Fresh Air Fund leading Camp Junior. So just Friday, we opened... Um, Less than a year later, we had these conversations at the end of August of last year, and through a lot of negotiating, Harriman State Park had a campsite that had been vacant for four years. New York State Parks Department stepped in, helped us with some support for the capital renovation. Um, Speaker Hasey stepped in with uh, operating dollars. And on Friday, we welcomed over 50 children from the Bronx who now are at Camp Junior. So this camp, named in memory of this young man whose life was lost too soon, um, where kids from the Bronx, ages 9 to 13, will be able to go, do all those things we just said, breathe fresh air, be in nature, um, make new friends, see new things, swim every day in the lake, uh, and we will serve um, 400 more kids for this summer. Every two weeks, we're having a new community of young kids go. We've had tremendous response from the families in the Bronx all really connected to that idea of they too want something for their kids that looks different. Every parent is so powerful. That Junior's mother and father were there on Friday morning for the departure. They went up to the camp to welcome the kids. Um, you know, They said really powerfully as they arrived there and looked around and they said our son would have loved this. And to know that we don't have him and to know that we don't have much um, knowing that there are children who are going to benefit from this and children from the Bronx who are going to be able to lead a life that might not involve gang engagement. Show them that they don't need to be part of a gang, that there's something more. That is the greatest gift we could have gotten out of our son's tragedy. Mm. So, Excellent. Excellent yeah. and an excellent way to bring our discussion to a close. Fatima Shama, who is Executive Director of the Fresh Air Fund, our guest this hour of our program, freshair.org, the website. Thank you very much. Wonderful discussion, as always. Certainly good luck with the work of the Fresh Air Thank you so much, always, for having us and for your support and for the support of your listeners. And we will continue on our program after Pete's Top of the Hour update here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.